These are the daily lectionary comments for July the 4th. We're going to look at uh, reading from Joshua chapter 10, also Acts chapter 11. Several devotions ago, I, I told you that uh, there was a way that you could send a voicemail uh, to, to me uh, attached to each of these um, podcasts. That's true. But I have since found out that it's it's kind of a tortured process to do way more trouble than it's worth. So don't worry about that. However, I would like to encourage feedback. I would love to hear uh, you. Well, for one thing, if, if you have constructive criticisms, that's fine. If you have over-the-top wonderful praise, that's fine also. If you have questions about things that you'd like for me to have addressed but didn't, uh, or, or things that maybe uh, clarification would be helpful. I would love to get questions like that. Or if you just want to send me an email or a text that says, I'm out here and, and I'm following this podcast, that would be tremendous. I would love to hear from you. How do you do this? Well, if you're a member of the congregation, every single bulletin in the church has my email address and telephone. You can text me. You can email me. And if you don't know how to do that, please ask me next time. I'd be happy to tell you. But otherwise, that's that's how you get hold of me. If you're not a member of the congregation, you don't, or maybe you don't even know who I am, um, you can text me at this number, 501-231-8329. Let me know that you're listening. Make any comments you want to make. If you want to email me instead, the email address is jburns7165 at sbcglobal.net. I really look forward to hearing from you. Uh, and we have uh, more of a dialogue. I sometimes feel like I'm speaking out into the void. I have no idea who's hearing what. Uh, and so uh, please feel free to contact me. Okay, Joshua chapter 10. Uh, this relates a battle between uh, Israel and five allied Canaanite city-states. Israel won. This is that great uh, and famous uh, battle where Joshua prayed to the Lord to stop the sun in the sky so that uh, Israel would have more time to defeat their enemies. And the Lord heard and did as Joshua asked. And we're told it had never happened before, would never happen again, a day where the sun stood still like that. Now, the thing with this passage is uh, we may wonder how this came about because Gibeon was a Canaanite city. And the reason why the king of Jerusalem decided to ally with four other city-states, Canaanite city-states, to attack it is because Gibeon had made a peace treaty with Israel. And since Gibeon was a pretty sizable city, uh, this was very threatening to the others, what are called Amorites in this uh, uh, in this passage, but they were all Canaanites. So you have war between uh, five Canaanite cities against one Canaanite city, Gibeon, and Gibeon calls upon Israel to, to come to its aid. And you may ask the question, I thought that the Israelites were not allowed to make peace treaties with Canaanite cities. I thought they had to conquer them all. And yet here we have a Canaanite city and a peace treaty with Israel. How did that happen? Well, that's the subject of chapter nine, and we skipped chapter nine. Chapter 8 talked about the destruction of Ai, the city of Ai. Chapter 9 tells us about Gibeon and how this came about. How it came about is this. The Gibeonites saw how Israel had destroyed the city of Ai, and 
uh, they, uh, they decided that rather than fighting the Israelites, because it didn't look like they were going to be able to win, um, they pulled off a ruse. They, they sent uh, caravans of people into the Israelite camp and faked like they had been on a long journey from far, far away rather than from a local Canaanite city. And they had old uh, crumbly bread and they had old worn out wineskins and they wore old worn, worn out clothes in order to make the ruse that they'd been traveling for hundreds and hundreds of miles and months and months and months more credible. And so they showed up at the Israelite camp. This is all in chapter nine. And Joshua and the other elders inquire about who they are. And they say, well, we, we don't come from around here. We come from far, far away. And they showed all their old worn out clothes as evidence and so forth. And the text in chapter nine makes it clear that Joshua and the elders of Israel did not inquire of the Lord about this, but essentially allowed the Gibeonites to deceive them. And they entered into a covenant with the Gibeonites. And then a few days after they entered into this covenant, they discovered that, in fact, the Gibeonites were a Canaanite city living right in the area. And that this put uh, Joshua and, um, and the uh, uh, Israelites in a difficult position because they had been commanded by the Lord not to do such a thing and not to enter into the agreements and to destroy all of these people. And now they have made an oath before the Lord uh, that was part of this covenant that they made with the Gibeonites. So it ended up that Israel essentially uh, was put in a position where they had to honor the oath that they made uh, to ally with uh, Gibeonites and provide them protection. Uh, so they did. And, uh, and then we come to chapter 10. And when, when the uh, king of Jerusalem, Canaanite city, saw that Gibeon had made this deal, um, saw that Israel was getting stronger and stronger, that's why they allied and decided to attack the Gibeonites. And that's what's going on here. Um, we, we have the rolling forward of, of the capture and conquest of the Holy Land and, uh, and this interesting situation with Gibeon. And then this, the conquest of these five uh, uh, important kings. Uh, and then tomorrow we're going to talk about uh, what happened after that because we're going to skip a whole bunch of chapters. We're going to skip chapters 11 through 22. In Acts chapter 11, we are introduced to a congregation of Christians in a town called Antioch. Now, even though this is a fairly short passage, it turns out that this is a really big step for the Christian faith. We have been showing how the gospel has first proclaimed only among Jews and then among Samaritans, and it's kind of moving out to God-fearing Christians. The Ethiopian eunuch was an important step in that process. Uh, Peter receiving Cornelius and his entire family and baptizing them and then receiving the Holy Spirit was another huge step as the gospel proceeds from, from its Jewish roots to the ends of the earth. Now we have this congregation in Antioch, and what's important for you to understand about Antioch is Antioch is not in Judea, it's not in Samaria, it's not in Galilee, it's not in Jewish territory at all. It is way north. It is a completely Gentile town. And the thing with this church at Antioch is it is a church comprised of Gentile Christians who are now worshiping together. Now, that is a huge thing. The text indicates, by the way, that that Christian that that uh, followers of Jesus were first called Christians here in uh, in Antioch. You see that 
the church in Jerusalem, sort of the mother church, uh, felt like it, it really had to provide some oversight here to make sure whatever's going on up in Antioch is, is uh, appropriate and right. Uh, and so they dispatched an individual that we've met before. His name is Barnabas, very high up in the church, uh, not formally one of the 12, but sometimes called an apostle. Barnabas was the one who had brought Saul of Tarsus into the inner circle of the uh, Peter, James, and John uh, uh, apostles when he was too hot to handle otherwise. Um, so Barnabas goes up to Antioch in order to make sure that things are being done right and properly. Okay, it's not just enough for people to say they're Christians. They have to be, they, they have to be teaching what the gospel actually is, and the church is responsible to make sure that these congregations that are cropping up now are, are Orthodox congregations teaching properly about who Jesus is. Barnabas goes up there to do that. Now, this is a big step because now we have a thoroughly Gentile church that is as much a part of the church as any of the other congregations that have developed up till now that have all been Jewish. This is a big step on the way from Christianity going from being a Jewish sect to a worldwide religion on its own right. This big step to a Gentile congregation, it turns out that this is a big step on the way to a yet bigger step that we'll get to when we get to Acts chapter 13, the beginning of the first missionary journey. So uh, we have uh, Saul or Barnabas goes up to Antioch. Barnabas also seeks out Saul, who's been in Tarsus all this time, brings Saul back to Antioch, where the assumption is these Gentile Christians are not going to have any beef with, with uh, Saul of Tarsus. And so Saul and Barnabas begin working together, ministering in the church at Antioch. And they do that for about a year before we get to the next step, which we'll get to into devotions for today.